often the conversation about Easter seems to focus on questions like, did Jesus really come back to life? Did he go on living with God after he died here on earth? And what about us? Do we live on in some other realm after we die in this world? With all respect to those who find these questions fascinating, I don't think that they are as important an Easter question as this one. How can we make the most of the one life we know for certain we have? This one that we are living right now. In the tradition that Jesus followed, Isaiah, who was considered the greatest of prophets and poets, told his people that God said that verse I shared before. I am about to do a new thing. I will make a way in the wilderness, a road through the wild. I will make rivers in the desert places. All of us at some point find ourselves in the wilderness of loneliness, the desert of illness, the barren lands of depression and discouragement, the rocky places where our hearts break and our dreams seem to dry up. And when something or someone helps us to make a way where there didn't seem to be a way, we are doing what we sang of in our hymn, like nature waking from seeming death, death, we're making life emerge it seems there was only death. You know, life is so stubborn, it's tenacious, it's creative. It does a new thing where a new thing is called for. And here's a picture, and I'm going to show you many pictures to show you what I mean. At some point in this tree's life, the tree that you can see there on your screen, it was kept from growing straight up toward the sun. Even though it wasn't growing the way trees are supposed to grow, it kept growing branches, sending its roots down deep to hold it tight, using some branches to give its heavy tilted trunk extra support. You can see it's leaning on them there. It kept growing plentiful to keep turning light into more life. Growing like this was not the plan, but this tree found a way. This tree grew straight for many years, it looks like, but something cracked its trunk and knocked it right over. Many branches were sheared off. The ones that remained were growing sideways, orienting the leaves the wrong way. They began to grow toward the light instead. Its injury is always going to show. It will never have the shape it once had, but it thrives. These trees have quite a story to tell. They started out life among many other trees and bushes and grasses, among the buildings in the city of uh, Minimisoma, Japan. And then the land on which they grew was flooded so deeply by the tsunami that struck Eastern Japan in March of 2011, that almost no house in Minamisoma could be seen above the surface of the water. The incredible force of the Pacific Ocean carried away cars and trucks and boulders and whole buildings. 
When the tsunami receded, these two trees remained. They live now in a very different landscape than the one in which they started life. But like the people who are rebuilding a life in Minamisoma, here they are. They're living, they're growing. Sometimes new life emerges even when all seems lost. This tree was cut down utterly. It was left with nothing more than a stump right here. But life, stubborn, stubborn life, kept stirring with the stump of the trunk, putting forth many new trunks. And here's a tree that was felled and remained where it fell. The branches that once sprouted leaves and reached for the sun lie flat now. They lie along the ground. So the life within it began to send new instructions. Grow straight out from the old branches. Grow up toward the sun and make a new shape. Never mind how trees are supposed to grow. Life demands a different way. And here it is. Sometimes the end of one life gives rise to a different kind of being altogether. This redwood tree was reduced to a stump and an acorn took root in its flesh. If you're thinking those leaves don't look like redwood tree leaves, you're right. Now it's a beautiful oak tree that's growing there. It has been given birth and food by the redwood as it rots away. And just as the redwood is giving the oak life, the oak, wood, the oak is giving the redwood a new life. Now we all know that to live, trees need to pull up water through their roots and spread their leaves or needles to receive light and exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide. They need soil and air and light and water, but sometimes the roots are moving along through the soil and they hit solid rock. This tree's roots found their way around the boulder that they hit. They just kept seeking and persisting until they found what they needed. Sometimes life begins in a place that is not very suitable to that life at all. The seed for this tree fell on a fence post. Most such seeds will just rot away and not grow, but this one did. It grew, it broke down the wood of the fence post enough to make what it needed and grow into a young tree. This seed landed on a rock. And so did this one. They must have found nothing there but a tiny pocket of soil, just enough to hold a sprouting seed. And then their own fallen leaves made more earth as they rotted away. And that held the water and nurtured the roots and created a tiny ecosystem able to sustain a very stubborn, determined life. The way of life is to find a way to take non-living matter and turn it into its own ongoing, growing, searching, creating being. It doesn't always succeed. Many seeds fail. And everything that lives 
will one day die. But in between, a life can trace new roots into air and soil and build a sculpture molecule by molecule. And a life that starts with so little to sustain it, that is trying to make life out of rock can still grow into something as beautiful as this. Sometimes where we are planted is, is just far from ideal. It's just the crack in a boulder. Or how about this tree that grew, grows growing in a sheet of basalt? Trees have so little control over where they grow. They are stuck wherever the seed fell, where they first take root. And these trees persisted. Maybe the petrified trunk of another tree is not where this tree would have chosen to start life. But a um, hundred years or so later, here they both are. The once living tree that died and turned into stone and those unliving materials now grown into a living, thriving tree. Sometimes we start out in a great place. Everything starts out fine and life goes on pretty much as expected for a long time until it hits an obstacle that just won't budge. And we just have to grow around it the way this tree grew around a fence. And this one was planted close to a leaflet box and it just grew around the box and the box's pole. And this one grew around a log. Sometimes where we're planted doesn't seem to be designed to nurture life at all, but life is stubborn. It's tenacious, it keeps trying. And sometimes planted in these unlikely places, we thrive and we become something extraordinarily graceful with a beauty that's unexpected, unpredictable and shaped to this new environment. Now, we humans are very different from trees in lots of ways, but in some ways, we're not so different. We don't put together a life just on our own. We grow out of others' creations. We twist and turn to fit ourselves around what other people have decided. And sometimes the result is a kind of collaborative art made from our tenacity, the way this tree and this shrine in Kathmandu, Nepal, make a beautiful work together. And sometimes that art is created out of our impulse to seek out whatever will bring life, the way a tree will set, send its roots wherever they need to go. If they don't find soil, they take water from what runs down a building's walls. If they can't get the water there, they may take it from the air, just until they can get where they need to be. We need certain things in order to live. We may have a long list in mind. I know mine, my list of things that I think I need is far longer than a tree's simple list of air, 
soil, water, sun. And just when we think we don't have what we need, we might be surprised by the spirit of life. It's stronger than we think. It's more flexible, it's more creative. It makes a way where there appeared to be no way. It hits a lot of dead ends. And the twisted shapes that it makes when it's thwarted and, have to and has to find a new way through a new way through, a new way around, like this one had to find a way around the solid rock of the temple. These shapes, they're beautiful. Months of being housebound were probably not in our plans. We thought we would have more room for all the things we wanted to do. We thought we would have time to gather together and carry out the plans that we had back in February. What would it look like just to burst forth within the strict bounds that hold us? Maybe it would look something like this. I think if trees think, if they have an ought to in their minds, this one probably thought it ought to have soil at its roots and an open sky above, not a roof. It would have said, trees don't grow in buildings. But given only a building to grow in, a floor to grow on, and a roof overhead, it grew. Trees don't grow in cars. They just don't. It's impossible. Even without quarantine, we can feel as if we have outgrown the space in which we started out. We want to move and expand and everything around us at times just seems to want to hold us back. I think maybe that's how this tree felt. Its roots were growing and expanding and it came upon this hard, hard, thick roof of brick and it just kept on going. And maybe this one had to summon all the stubborn, unyielding force of life to grow beyond the space that it was given. I mean, how daunting to be sending out your roots and come up against a huge, heavy slab of cement caught between cement below and cement above, and it just kept going. Some trees' roots find good soft soil and their branches grow wide and free under the open sky of a vast field and their leaves spread beautifully and provide the only shelter for miles around. Everything is going wonderfully well. And then one terrible night, thunder crashes so loudly, it shakes the air and strikes and splits them right open. And nothing, will ever be the same again. What do they do then? This tree offers one answer. Sometimes the earth into which they put their roots wears away bit by bit and then faster and faster worn by water and wind and they're left high and dry but still growing. If these trees had plans, 
then life was what happened while they were busy making them. And life said, there are other ways to thrive. There are other ways for you to be beautiful. After the ground itself has been knocked from under us, I, life, continue, it says. And more than that, I take the dry brown earth and I make the most exuberant green. Here is what one of the Bible stories of Jesus' death tells us. When his follower, Mary Magdalene, went to the tomb, she found that Jesus' body was gone. She was so upset. Not only was her teacher, her friend, dead, but she couldn't even give him a respectful burial. And then she saw someone standing by the tomb. She thought maybe it was the gardener, and she asked him if he had moved the body. Then he called her by her name, and she realized that the person before her was Jesus. I just love that idea that Jesus is a gardener. A gardener helps things to grow. She takes land that is harsh and makes a way for things to live there. They take dry soil and water it as if bringing a river to a desert. I think what happened on Good Friday and what continued to be true on Easter is that Jesus died, as everyone does. But I also think that by the way he lived, he showed us that when we are in situations that don't seem to support life as we expected it to be, or don't seem to support life at all, there is still a way. We aren't lone plants struggling on our own. There are gardeners to help us, teachers and friends, and always around us and through us and within us, the spirit of life, if we will follow it.